that's uploading. Turn this thing on airplane. All right. There we go. How was Thanksgiving? Did you eat a lot of food? I ate too much food. Did you hang out with your parents? Uh, yes. I didn't do nothing. I actually slept most of the day Thursday. I didn't feel good. I was still sick. Yeah, you were feeling bad when oh, we left. Man, I didn't, I, I, this time of the year, you know how it is. You get cranky and cruddy. and I'm just glad we don't fly on airplanes like we used to. That's when I always get <laughs> sick all the time. Just stayed sick. It was, uh, it's always nice that time of year because we're just starting to get a good way through the season, you know. So that Thanksgiving break's a nice little break. Yeah. A few days away, kind of catch up, get your feet back under you. You know how you stop from getting sick in an airplane? Don't shake anyone's hands. No, you sit in the front of the plane because the plane's going forward and momentum force sends all the sickness to the back. <laughs> Must be why I got sick on the way so, back from Nevada. I was in the, in the back. back. Of the plane. There yeah. you go. See? I was in the very back. So for now on, when you book your plane tickets, get in the front. Yeah. You can ride in the jump seat next to the pilot's best <laughs> as long as he's not sick. Yeah. If he's sick, then, you know, everyone's and everyone's doomed. Was it me or was last week like a roller coaster for deer season? Yeah. That's um, crazy. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and get into that. Um, I, I wanted to to talk to you about that because me and Brad, you know, me and Brad, uh, we did a podcast yesterday. Double down on podcast. Yeah. Um, and we talked about. I mean, just touched on barely what happened last week. But I told it. I said, you know, I don't know what it's it's up today, but uh, I said me and you were going to get in here and really dissect what happened last week because it did was, he kill anything at Togo? Because that's where he I was. think they killed some does. Really, um, no, uh, no, no, no. They I killed some management deer. Talk to him about last week. Yeah. Other than Happy Thanksgiving, and that was it. Yeah. Well, you know how they have that management program there. They got to kill it. They got to fill that doe quota, and then they got. Right yeah. Now. So I know they killed a bunch of does, and I think they killed some management deer. I don't think they killed any trophies. He was telling me they did. The biologist called him today, and they were telling him about their lactation rates at eighty nine percent. That's strong. Dude, that's almost that's too strong. Almost, that's almost every single doe in your herd being bred. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. That's why there's so many deer there. Like when we were there last year, and we'll be there here in a few weeks. Uh, yeah, in two weeks from now, December we'll be there. December the 17th. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's why you always see so many deer there with a lactation rate that high. And it's not like their predation is that strong. No, there's some busy going on right yeah. there. Shoosh. Yeah, so right. last week was uh, last week was pretty impressive. Because we keep saying last week, we were there last week, but it was like three days, the span of what of all that what happened. really happened. Yeah, we were here yeah. Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Monday. Jimmy left Monday. Yeah. Well, you, you, and, Monday. you and Jimmy got here on Sunday. And that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all hunted, and that's when it all began because... Um, he wanted to sneak in here and try to take a peek at all the... In typical Jimmy fashion. Cards. Yeah. But uh, I knew it because I got I was getting text messages from you Sunday evening, pictures and video clips of what y'all had seen, and I was like, oh, gosh. Because when we talked about this, too, is just the difference between how much the deer movement picked up because the week before that we, it was so slow yeah it was slow and we was on the dark side of the moon yeah we had one day where it was good and then it was like click it was gone over yeah. with yeah but uh and it just uh, that cold cold weather came through high mm-hmm. pressure and and they were just it was so impressive how and rain yeah had a little bit of rain yeah um it never ceases to amaze me how how significant the weather is to how the deer move mm-hmm. it can blow your mind but uh, well there's so many factors involved if you go back and look at the science of it from the moon phase to the you know gravitational pull of the earth and, and coming from a commercial fishing background in south louisiana that the, the, the moon and and 
the moon was such a big factor in what we did moon and cold fronts based on tidal and, and, and everything that's there but that you know fishing hunting it, it affects everything uh, think about wild turkeys when we're turkey hunting during turkey season yeah you have that one day where you know in your mind you're thinking gosh it's going to be cool and clear in the morning the turkey's going to just blow the leaves off the trees and you get out there and you might hear one way off and if it's a place that you're used to hunting and you know there's turkey there as you're thinking somebody came here last night and spooked all my birds or something yeah. wrong and then the next day you go back and it's windy and a little dreary and the turkeys are just gobbling yeah. like crazy some it's, days like that it just it doesn't make it's hard to make sense of it but uh yeah no it was it was just you know it, it i'm trying to think i, I always like to think just because I, I always when we do these podcasts um i always think about you know because i see 95 percent of the questions we get in whether it be uh email instagram facebook and there's always so many questions about uh, when we have a successful hunt that you know we try to answer as many of them as we can but i like to take like a week like last week when we had we had three different successful hunts and i like to dissect them top to bottom just mm-hmm. what what all made them successful what mm-hmm. what made what what all did we do to put ourselves in a situation where we had those opportunities at those deer you know and that that's and so starting from the top you know we talked about the weather how those deer what made those deer move and then obviously because all three of those deer were taken on food plots and i know Mm -hmm. we talked about food plots a ton on this podcast but that's been such a huge factor in our success this year Mm -hmm. so let's talk about first let's talk about uh the deer jimmy killed the big, big seven yeah mm-hmm. the broke eared seven the broke ear seven yeah on a brand new food plot yeah never been there before until this year yeah wasn't it uh how would i bucks and ducks that's what we're calling mm-hmm. it and you came up with that mm-hmm. well yeah we kind of all thought about it and, and actually we're pumping that right now that'll be full of water in two days yeah so if y'all don't under, we call it bucks and ducks simply because i mean it, that food plot borders right up next to one of our duck holes so we'll have you know water will be washed up on the shore of our food Mm -hmm. plot so that was just a fun little name we had for it but um yeah it it was just i think the the spot of where that food plot is what makes it and part of what makes it so good it does um i think that's a huge part of it It, it, the biggest part of that food plot and where it is location but the key to it is being able to get into it without even alarming driving by going through even coming close to any of the deer that you're hunting yeah because um, all those deer are coming from the south, and that food plot is on the very north end of the property, and it's bordered by water. Yeah, that's always one thing. So yeah, we can let's go and touch on that because it's so access. Mm-hmm. Access is is huge. And huge avail- availability. You know the the old saying's always been hunt your way to your stand and hunt your way out of your stand. But right. in a situation like that, right there, you're not hunting your way to your stand. The the accessibility to that particular food plot is all based around getting in that plot without ever being detected by anything other than a sockele or a water moccasin, you know, which right. y'all seen one of those yesterday. We did. Yeah, we did. And and that's the key to it. But it but it was it was put there for that one reason and then another reason also it's an incredible spot of where it sits because it's right in the middle of a bunch of thickets. Yeah. But it's also an incredible spot that we're gonna take advantage of in the late season. I shouldn't say late season, in in the probably in about another ten days when the rut really gets kicking yeah. to be able to call yeah um and and we all agreed that you know yeah we got the river on one end and the lake on the other end of the property and we're fortunate to have some water in the middle which is this one place and even when it's bone dry around here we're in a very very terrible drought as we are right now that that 
place we call alligators gonna have water in yeah it. it always does and even if it don't have water in it the deer can't get down it it's just, it's just a big reservoir it's been there for years they use it to help build the mississippi levee the corps of mm-hmm. engineers dug it mm-hmm. so it's one of those it's a barrier and it, and it totally eliminates and it's a spot that will only hunt on a south wind yeah and usually around here on the south wind it's probably going to be a low pressure day water i mean humidity's probably coming up the temperatures are coming up but it's that one spot that there's no shadow of a doubt you never have to turn around and look behind you yeah. they're always going to be out in front yeah of you. and the deer like i said with it being so close to those thickets um you're putting yourself the food source pretty close to where they're bedding mm-hmm. so even if it is a warmer day those deer don't have to travel far mm-hmm. to get there so you're you're having a you know maximum effort of you know whether you know, say you're in a spot where a deer has to travel farther half mile mm-hmm. quarter mile whatever the you know, it's less chance of him getting there when it's dark that's mm-hmm. right so um so and, you, and a lot of people don't pay attention to that sometimes you know we, we we stress and we work so hard on what the deer feeding on what the deer feeding yeah. on what the deer feeding on but yes they do did get a good bit of water out of the vegetation that they eat early in the season mm-hmm. but when it comes this time of the year and all they eating is mass crops and everything's getting you know getting low on a totem pole when it comes to what you're going to eat that has uh, moisture in it and water is a huge huge factor yeah. for whitetails yeah. to be able to digest their food it's key yeah and it's like it's absolutely in a time like this when it's when it's as dry as it is but uh yeah so anyhow um jimmy and jordan slipped up in that stand <laughs> uh and I, they had story on story to tell when it came out there but uh, jimmy was excited about that afternoon no matter what because he was shooting that new savage ar he has yeah he was he, but, man he was fired up by this first deer he killed with it actually yeah well, I mean, he, he smoke-polled it, too. I mean, he, which, you know, Jimmy's not one. I mean, not anybody can miss, but I, he don't miss often with that he, rifle. He really that. brags on that gun and how accurate it is. He says, he says, don't get me wrong, I've got some great guns, and Savage makes great guns, and I've got other guns that I've been having, having all my life as far as Jimmy goes. He said, but if I had to pick out of all my guns right now, the true accurate one I got, it would be that one. Mm. So six point, was it 308, isn't it? Oh, that one was 6.5 Creedmoor. 6.5 Creedmoor, yeah. yeah. He, he loves it, and it's adjustable stock. You know, the whole AR yeah. thing. I'm not a big arrow guy. I've never had one. No, nah, neither have uh, I. I don't think I'll ever have one because I'd probably go broke on bullets. I'd want to shoot it so much. So. <laughs> I, all I know is is Jimmy, with the, he is the most knowledgeable, as far as guns go, he's the most mm-hmm. knowledgeable person I know. And when he talks about a gun like that, I pay attention to it. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, he, I mean, he knows his stuff and he's picky about them. So when he talks like that about one, I'm, you you know, you're like, oh, well, that must be. Yeah. But, but yeah, so um, I know I'll watch the footage from it. Their food plot filled up, you know, yeah. bunch of Well, those. the trail cam picture we were getting in that food plot was showing about 15, yeah. 20 deer in it every afternoon. Yeah, because we've been watching it for a while. We just never had to win mm-hmm. for it quite yet. And uh, so they slipped in there and uh, I think they, they did see a 10 point first. Mm-hmm. Um, and be wide I, 10 point yeah and, and we've talked about this before i'm pretty sure me and brad touched on it yesterday uh, but at cottonmouth we we try to protect the 10 points until they reach five and a half that's mm-hmm. just part of our management program that we're under mm-hmm. and uh that 10 point i mean he's a beautiful deer um but he, i mean did you, you saw the footage right i mean mm-hmm. it, he was kind of a as far as going, he's five. It was tough to do that. You, you know? know what? When he's standing out there by himself, it's really tough to do that. Yeah. When stand. But but when Jimmy's deer, the seven point walked out there, it was a no brainer. Yeah. Who was who? Exactly. The seven points a five, six, seven year old deer, and there's no doubt that that ten point was four, maybe even three. Yeah. Um, healthy deer, strong, good mass, long beams, short tines. Will he ever be anything more? I don't know that. Yeah. But there's only one way to know that. Yeah. And, and coming off of a year where we had a high river, 
yeah. a lot of stress in the late late spring and all through summer. It was tough on our deer this yeah. year. It really was. So even and I hate to chase rabbit holes, but I I, I like to I like to kind of go into detail on that stuff. But just because so everyone can understand, I know they've heard us say High River before, but mm-hmm. if if y'all don't understand what we're talking about, because the Mississippi River is kind of a you know there's not too many places out there like it unless unless you hunt in a river system yourself mm-hmm. um so what we're saying when we say high river is the river you know obviously the river came up this year a good bit and when that happens um it can be a couple different things but the things that put stress on the deer is one it'll cut off their food sources it'll cut back on the browse because mm-hmm. um, it'll kill a lot of that off and so the deer don't have as much to eat on and two it'll it'll concentrate them more in one spot it just well put- and, and, and the sad thing about it is most of the times that river comes up in the late fall to early spring mm-hmm. before anything has grown right so the deer are coming off of a long winter right with very little mass crops at all because they done ate all of that very little browse and normally by that time of the year whether it be april and may when they depending on soybeans and, and crops that we put in here at cottonmouth on the commercial side that's not there either yeah so the deer have coming off you know especially the bucks the bucks are stressed out they beat From running down, they're yeah. running they chasing the ruts over and then boom the water comes up even as far as you know like um me, when me and jordan came and put minerals out here we didn't get those in until june yeah and we usually like to come in here in you know february march and do it mm-hmm. but we couldn't do it because mm-hmm. of, because of the river yeah so you know it and so that that's what we mean when we talk about river stress it's you know the deer obviously i don't think there's a tougher strain of whitetails than those that live in, in the river just because of all they have to put that's up true. with but it's they, a lot like up north in the wintertime. Yeah. Because those deer, you think about the northern deer, especially like in Canada and Minnesota and places like that, you know, their rut happens in early November. Mm-hmm. And then these deer are trying to get gain everything they can to gain weight, energy, all the stuff back. And then, boom, winter hits them for two and a half more right. months. It's tough on them. Yeah. But, I've seen them close deer season in Canada before. Really? Because of the winter. Kind of like they do. Kind of they did the here when the river was high. Really? At the mercy of the deer, and they yeah. just shut it down. See, that's something I've never well, seen Well, what before. happened was the deer just yarded up. They get in all those pine thickets, yeah. and there'll be two, 300 deer just wadded up in a wad in, in you know, several hundred acres. And if you really wanted to go kill them, it'd be, it would just be a massacre. Right. Just like they did here on the levee exactly. when the river came up. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's the right thing to do. No, it's, it's I mean, we as we as hunters, we're, 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 the, we're the world's greatest conservationists. Absolutely. And for all of you that are sitting out there listening in today's world, and and if you're a hunter, understand that and know that and do your research and understand that we are. Yeah. That's where all our money goes. It goes to taking care of the things we love to hunt. And you can't tell me as a hunter, if you were riding down a dirt road and saw a deer stuck in the fence, you weren't going to stop and help it get out of the fence. Right. The majority of us want to save that deer and yeah. then three years from now may want to shoot that deer with a bow if he's big enough but that's who we are and that's what we do i, I couldn't agree more yeah. could not agree more but um so yeah we did have to chase that rabbit hole a little bit but i just you know some more explanations sure. of what high river meant but so anyhow that 10 point comes out here and then the seven point comes out there and like you said just a total you know no-brainer yeah that's a super old deer not only is it old deer mm-hmm. but again because of the management program that we follow here it's a perfect deer to shoot it, it is and it's what you have to do and it's amazing after you do it for three four five six years straight in a row on one particular piece of property that when you see a deer you know and and it's happened a couple of times this year with jimmy when i'm hunting with him you know you sit there and you look at a deer and and if i have to second guess that deer more than one time to whether uh, whether or not he's four five or six right i'm not going to shoot him yeah because if i'm going "Eh," and i got to talk myself into it and if just let him go. Yeah. If it's your piece of property and you're managing it the way you want to manage it, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. 
If you keep the pressure low on that property, you're not, you'll see that deer again. Yeah. Especially when you're looking at them by themselves. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah. And even in trail cameras, how many times have you and I, this year alone, you know, sitting there looking at pictures of deer and say, oh, that's a five-year-old, that's a four-year-old, mm-hmm. that's a great deer. And all of a sudden you see him on the hoof and you're like, oh, man, that deer's three and a half. Yeah, we say that all the time. Yeah. You're like, well, he yeah. looks like that now. We had not seen him on the hoof yet. You know, exactly. it, it, so it, it just is one of those things. And I think, too, because it's the same we talk about this, you know, because people hear say management buck, or I, I don't even like to call them coal bucks, but um, it's a different kind of sensation uh, when you shoot a deer like that, especially when you've hunted a place like Cottonmouth as long as we've hunted mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, there's it, a, there's one, the gratification that you shot a mature deer. Mm-hmm. And then there's two, there's the gratification that you're doing good to a place that we love as much as we love Cottonmouth. Sure. You know? Sure. So it's, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, well, how many times we sit here looking at trail cameras or even see a deer in a food plot or see him in the woods or whatever, and you, and you know it's an old management buck. You know yeah. he may have. I mean, we got one right now that we got pictures of that me, you, and Jordan have seen cameras of. We pick trail camera pictures, and we hadn't seen him except one at the pawpaw patch. Yeah, and that, he, that crazy looking just, thing. You can't even you can't even sit here and explain it to the listeners as to what this deer looks like. But yeah. he he kind of resembles an antelope. Yeah, the way his it's shaped, but it's it's. It's like his main beam goes up and then it just splits. I, it's, it's you can't explain it. We'd have to show you. We'll a just yeah. We'll have to post a picture. You picture of yeah. it. And and everybody that saw the picture of that deer is like, oh, I want to go hunt him. I want to kill that deer because first of all, he's unique, and second of all, he's probably ain't no telling how old he is. Yeah. And that's the deer you want to go after because it's a trophy in its own sense, I guess. No, I, be- but then I again, believe you're it beating is. Beating a mature deer at his own game. Yeah. And for that deer to have made it this long, he's seen a lot. Yeah, and ain't he, no doubt. He knows every trick of the trade, so ain't no doubt. So and even that seven point Jimmy kill, that's no doubt. That's an old deer. Oh, for sure. He's at least old. least five. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not older than that. Yeah, but I'm saying at the very very mm-hmm. least five. So um, so yeah. So Jimmy killed that deer. Great hunt. And you know that that food plot produced exactly the way we thought it would. Those yeah. deer were there was does and little ones out there like crazy. That ten point was out there, and then the five point five year old seven point came out there, and Jimmy waylaid him and brought him back to skin and shed and we celebrated and um then the next day you know jimmy had to leave had to go home um get his hand checked out i couldn't re- i was trying to remember what he what yeah, he went home you for. pushed him down back during that <laughs> <I> could- <laughs> according to him you did Blake pushed me i saw it i, I caught his fall yeah well <laughs> if you wouldn't have been there you'd still be sitting there yeah at yeah. the bottom of that creek bed but uh anyhow so it was just uh you me jordan and then uh our executive producer ben drove down mm-hmm. so we could have you know two groups out in the woods have yeah. two guns double our chances and then that that's probably you know how i mean they're all fun afternoons i've never had a you know a bad afternoon hunting but there's some that just stick out more than others that are special that was a special afternoon i've had those afternoons that i would like to forget yeah yeah i say that yeah that's true there are some you know that you're like eh. yeah like when you get all the way to stand and remember you forgot your bow or where's my rifle shells or where's my safety harness you know if you're in a situation like uh, like we are there have been times where i'm like oh i forgot my fluid head for my camera i forget yeah so those are not so good but most of the time they're good afternoons (laughs) (laughs) but uh those usually start happening around late december yeah yeah yeah, after we've been yeah towards the end of the deer season marathon but um so let's go straight into your hunt um you went to a spot called South Arkansas Hotel. Yeah, you know, it, it started off that afternoon. You, me, and Jordan went riding around. We actually went and moved a blind in that spot mm-hmm. um, because we were trying to – we had it set up there for Jimmy with his crossbow earlier in the season. And since we were going to be gun hunting, we figured we'd instead of splitting that food plot in half, we'd go ahead and hunt it from one end to the other, which that food plot's probably about, if I'm not mistaken, it's like 100 and 
180 something yards long by about 75 yards wide yeah, yeah and it's right on the edge of a of a bedding area and i didn't know where i was going to go yeah. i mean we, we checked all the cameras it was one of those days where there really wasn't much wind and yeah. you and i both know when, when if you don't have a good 10 mile an hour wind blowing here in the river bottoms it's gonna swirl it's gonna swirl every bad. time and you best to hunt a big place especially if you're gun hunting so yeah. you can be away from the deer right and you and Jordan were talking about where y'all were going to go and what y'all were going to do, and y'all were going to go to the new grounds, and I was like, I don't know. And then finally, I just, I said, I'm going to go south of the Arkansas Hotel. And while Jer- Jordan and I were moving the blind, you were checking the trail cam picture. Mm-hmm. And we moved the blind and got everything done, and you said, well, ain't much here. A couple yeah. of small deer and some spines. There wasn't, yeah. That- yeah, and, and but if you look at the sign in that food plot yeah, and the amount of tracks, the amount of, the amount of uh, tops of those brassica leaves and the amount of the plants that they were eating and where they were digging up all the turnip bulbs and the radishes. Yeah. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, I just want to come see what's in here. Yeah. Not well, a bunch of rubs and scrapes, but it was an out-of-the-way place, and we hadn't hunted in, in three weeks. And and the thing, too, to, to think about is is that camera was kind of in the middle of the plot. So you're only you can only see the the food plot, yeah, maybe. and so and the reason the main reason we did that is just history shows that that north end of the plot down there is where they typically like mm-hmm. to come across, and so we were thinking, not that many deer come down here at this part of it. If we get it right here, we'll get better pictures right. of them because we had it on time lapse mode, and uh, but you know I mean it, that it could that could have been part of the thing too, you know, just not catching them on camera because we had the camera further too far yeah. north yeah. for for that deer to cross. But either way, you you definitely had a gut feeling about that spot yeah just you know it was out of the way the wind was perfect for it and we hadn't sat in it yeah we just went and moved the blind and probably made a little bit of noise but if the deer are bedded where they're supposed to be dead, bedded on that place they probably wouldn't have hurt us anyway right so we just decided to go and i told ben come on we'll go here and so ben packed us a complete lunch pretty yeah. much even some of Miss Jane yeah, Primo's and chocolate. I was about to say, pie. y'all complete lunch with all well, the Well, I trimmings. didn't know he had all of that, you know. And <laughs> and he did that because he, he says, Look, I always see you going with Jimmy, and you always fix Jimmy a goodie bag, so I've taken care of you. I said, That's fine. <laughs> so uh, we, we had vanilla wafers, and we had we had some kind of um, Italian dip with some pretzels, and we just had, I mean, we had all kinds of stuff. I, I saw I'm, the GoPro shot, and I was like, Good grief, how much food does he have in that thing? I he looked that, like a he looked like a clown. I think there pulling was more. Up, we uh, just ran out of time because the deer <laughs> showed up pretty quick. But. You know, there's videos of clowns and they go to pull like a ribbon out of their shoe yeah, and it just keeps stopped. coming. That's what it looked like. Yeah, well, that's, what it, that's what it felt like. <laughs> uh, but it, it it was one of those evenings where you're like, you know what, we might see something, we might not. It was starting to warm up just a little bit. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. We're still sitting on a good high pressure day, just no wind. And um, we wasn't in the blind. I'll tell you how long we was in the blind. We was in the blind long enough for him to get all the food out of his backpack <laughs> and for us to start to partake in some of that dip. And I looked down at the edge of the food plot and and saw the back of a deer. And those brassicas in that food plot, if you remember, they're, you know, to me and you, they're knee to almost yeah. waist high. So uh, a younger deer walking through it, you, see, you, won't see, yeah. you won't see him unless his head's up. Yeah. I just saw something move in that northeast corner. And I saw a deer, so I looked up, and it was a spike. And he walked all the way across the food plot, walked right to the front, right in front of the camera, and took yeah. his picture several yeah. times. And he ate for 15 minutes. And that's one thing I noticed about the deer this year. I think we talked about that. I don't know if we did or not the other day. But these brassicas, um, i.e. the turnips and the radishes and, and the big leaf brassicas, um, I, I noticed what the deer do here versus like a wheat plot or an oat plot or, or ryegrass plot. 
you know, deer eating wheat, rye, rye and oats, they'll come into that food plot and eat for an hour and a half, mm-hmm. sometimes even longer than that. Whereas yeah. I've watched these deer this year coming in the Nebraska plots and they'll eat for 15 to 20 minutes and then they're gone. Mm. They got enough. Yeah. Um, and, and my guess is they either go into mass crops like pecans, acorns and stuff like right. that. Um, but anyway, that's what this deer did. And so he started walking back out to the corner of that field and he just like stops in his tracks and turns and looks back to the south but on the other side of the field, right. which would be to my right, our blind. And I'm like, what's he looking at? And I just kept looking, but he, he was facing he was facing away, but turned around looking. Yeah, just for sure looking at something. Yeah, and and then he, he kept looking, kept looking. Finally, he turned his whole body. And you know how they do when, they, when something's really got their attention. They'll just like turn their whole body and just get rigid. And that's what he did. And I said, man, that deer sees something. And um, I actually, if I'm not mistaken, I had a pretzel in my mouth or something. And I turned to the right and looked, and I could finally see the deer standing there. Well, he came out of the very south end of the field, right. out of that road. Right. And he saw that spike, and that spike stalked, saw him, and he started walking straight to that spike. And he got about halfway across the field and started cutting across the field. At what moment did you realize how big he was? Um, I really didn't. The first thing I, I realized when I saw his rack, because he was standing broadside, and I, I saw how many points he had. He had six on the left side six you know straight up points and my first thought and it's i think it's everybody's thought here is i don't know that deer mm-hmm. i don't know that deer and, and all i could see at that time was from his neck up yeah and i really didn't know who he was so he's walking broadside kind of away from me and when he steps out out of the brush and i could see the size of his body i definitely thought there's I, my first thought was where'd that deer come from right we've got cameras all over this farm and don't get me wrong you you never get them all Mm-mm. but for that deer to be in that food plot and not get a picture of him yeah from october till now it's crazy yeah and and immediately when i saw how big his body was his shoulders his chest and his neck and his head and i thought that's a shooter yeah no brainer and immediately you start talking to your camera guy who's sitting there with you which was ben and i'm like ben you got him ben you got him ben's like yeah i'm all over him take your time you know going through that whole right, scenario yeah, just, he walks out in the middle of the food plot and i stopped him and shot him but he never did really which i really didn't give him much time to feed but i think he was on a mission yeah it's that time of the year and now once i walked up to him and and after i shot him i realized what he was doing it's that time of the year when they're up on their feet and they're traveling mm-hmm. this deer was so beat up you would swear it was january yeah he was scarred oh, up, surprisingly. He's holes in his neck and, and all, all across the back of his neck. So he's fighting another deer with a lot of tines. I'm hoping eventually to see that deer. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know which one it would be. but It's a bad boy, whoever it is. You know, the, the, if you really want to put a tip or a tactic on that hunt or what really caused everything to happen, I'll be honest with you, that was pure luck. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I can attest to that thing working was, number one, we moved the blind. Yeah. Because had we not moved the blind, he'd have smelled us. That's what, yeah, I wanted going. to talk about that. Glad you brought that up. And number two, going in there on the right wind. And if you remember when we moved the blind, remember when I cleared out that little walkway mm-hmm. all the way to the blind and all yeah. those leaves? We walked into that blind yeah. totally silent. And yeah. you had to be on that day. It was quiet. Yeah, so if y'all are listening to this, we were putting that blind up, and me and Jordan were just about through brushing it in. And Troy took – I mean, you took your time with it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean – he there's a, a little dim road we walk down and then to get into this blind you probably had to walk five yards out, you know off the woods five mm-hmm. ten yards something like that and troy took you know his little you know between you know just using his boots and kicking and his little machete and cleared out a clear trail to the door of that blind where you wouldn't be walking on anything but just yeah. dirt so there was no noise when Especially you got in there, there too because you got sycamore leaves and cottonwood leaves yeah. and those sycamore leaves are huge and like what you were talking about that's that, that spot's 
really, really close to the bedding. Mm-hmm. So if you're in there, you know, crunching a bunch of leaves, chances are something is going to hear yeah. you. So, I mean, who knows? If if that trail hadn't been there, a, a deer that old, you know, that mature might have been heard that and That's said, right. eh, you know what I mean? And even if that deer don't hear it, let's say you bump a buttonhead on yeah. a young deer and yeah. it just takes off running. And he goes tearing through there running by that, that deer. mature deer's red flag goes up and he says, I'm not going yeah. out there until it gets it's, dark. It's little stuff like that like I said, that I like to key key in on because I think that stuff that, that uh, is so easy to forget mm-hmm. and it's stuff like that I think is so vital because there's, there's so many little things you can do to help you gain, to help improve your chance of success or, or well, you improve your chances of getting an opportunity right. that it just i think it just adds up and just little stuff like that put it's it all together things. i look at it this way they live there 365 days a year and mm-hmm. you've got to do everything in your best interest to leave it like it's untouched yeah and there's there's no more gratifying no more of a gratifying feeling than sitting in a tree watching six eight ten deer below you feeding on acorns or pecans or whatever and they not know you even in the world. Mm-hmm. And and when that happens, you've done everything right. You really have. There's no such thing as luck in that kind of situation. Yeah. It really ain't. Yeah. And I think, and me and Brad touched on this a little bit yesterday, um, and I'd like to hear your take on this. I think a big factor in that deer moving like that, because I remember I got a text from you, and I think your text came through at like 350. Mm-hmm. And you said, just shot a giant. And I was like, do what? You know, because it just, you know. A, a we big, just left. Yeah. I mean, like we a was big all deer skinny moving shit. that time of year. I'm like, yeah. it's not the rut yeah mm-hmm. you know what's going on and usually you get a text like that from one of us and you're thinking okay whatever that's what i said i said i looked at jordan i said is he pulling my leg you know because it was so early yeah. just, but then i was like well no because if he you know he he knows you know if he was pulling my leg he would know yeah. to wait till five you know or something like that but yeah. uh and y'all were hunting pretty good ways away from me so yeah. you wouldn't, did y'all hear me shoot mm-hmm. no you wouldn't even hear me shoot mm-hmm. there, no uh so that's we were just trying to figure it out but i i think i don't don't say it's the only factor but i think a big factor in that is how much pressure we've taken off the woods and not hunting in the morning big time that's that that's been the key to this place this year it really has and and that's hard to do because we i'm still waking up at four o'clock in the morning taking me a shower drinking a cup of coffee and i'm thinking i'm not going hunting yeah now we've started to now just because it started to get close to the rut right but the food the food source is changing the deer aren't in places where they're going to be spending all night feeding so it's changing a little bit yeah. but the rut's coming close yeah. but i think it's like it's, it's the it's a, a big factor is the pressure taken off the woods from not hunting in the morning near as much and mm-hmm. also from just the number of food plots we have this year we're spreading our pressure out so you know we're not hunting the same spot over and mm-hmm. over and over again and when we do hunt a spot we only hunt it when the conditions are absolutely right. right as far as wind and stuff that's and that. right and we're staying out we're staying out of the, the sanctuaries you know the deer have to have a place to go yeah they have to have a place to chill they have to have a place to get away from you because if they don't all you're going to be doing is chasing your tail because mm-hmm. then you're just running deer around yeah. in circles especially on a year when we don't have soybeans like we don't have this year yeah and the deer are not coming from a true feeding area to a bedding area like you and i talked about not long ago in the yeah. midwest you have that right you have funnels and pinch points we have that here too but it's usually when the water comes up yeah and it's not yeah, it's not near as defined it's flat as a pancake here and they can walk a straight line if they want to from the north end to the south end and it's been proven that they've done that yeah. so it's probably one of the toughest places you'll ever hunt whitetails here in the south in a in a place like this you know even if you look at where you grew up and some of the places i grew up hunting in pine plantations and pine rows and stuff like that you've always had those creek bottoms in the places mm-hmm. that the deer traveled and and it's a little bit easier to pattern them but it's hard to pattern these deer here when yeah. the food hits the ground holy smokes it's tough 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially when you have a big acre, uh, pecan crop like mm-hmm. we had. So, But, yeah, that was a uh, that's an absolute tote of a buck. 12 point it, it was and there's no doubt no doubt that the pressure like you said when we started this conversation taking the pressure off in the mornings and it's not the hunting pressure it's the in the woods pressure yeah it's just in and out in and yeah. out in and out in and out and i'll tell you who falters more than anybody at that is the guy that wants to look at his trail cameras every day mm-hmm. to me trail cameras are an incredible tool if you use them the right way mm-hmm. which means you know just like unlike us we do this every day it's what we do and we have to discipline ourselves not to go right. in, in there every day and yeah. check them because if you do that a deal pattern you a lot quicker than yeah. you pattern him but yeah you know the average guy can get a chance to hunt every weekend man if that's the case go at it old school mm-hmm. walk in with a cart with an sd card in your pocket on saturday morning you go into your stand hunt get out of your stand if you kill one great for you if you don't take that card and go to the house and check it mm-hmm. that way you're not checking it during the week yeah hunt like you used to hunt the sign hunt all the right things and do all the right things and, and to me the element of surprise is if you see one not knowing he's there to me that's even better yeah it, it doesn't hurt to have a trail camera yeah, it, and know they're there but do it right and brad talked about that too um you know to for the guy that that doesn't have you know the opportunity to hunt day in and day out mm-hmm. there's still ways you can do that i mean there is one way to look at it if you're not hunting there's no pressure there that's right so you know and and having different spots so to be able to when you're able to hunt you, yeah. you have you can go and you that's have right. maximum effort you know that's as far right. as having and, and spots for hear, every yeah. wind and all that yeah and how many times you hear people say well i only got 50 acres well guess what if you hunt 25 acres on a north wind you can hunt the other 25 on the south wind. <laughs> ain't that the truth i mean yeah, seriously it's true it's just a matter of of it's like i said i think let, uh, putting the least amount of pressure on your deer is huge and like as we've seen the results this year in a well, big way think about summertime and early spring and stuff like that when hunting season's closed and you, you drive by and everybody says early season you can sit in there and watch all the deer in the field why is that because ain't no pressure on them. right then yeah there's no pressure there's no humans in those woods and they're just out there doing their it, thing it is and, and and it's it's made what we do so much better this year here mm-hmm. the deer are in a schizo no other than reba but yeah. she's dead now we got her may she rest in peace yeah <laughs> i'm just i'm afraid she's got a bunch of offspring running around in here that we're gonna have to take care of yeah time pre- will tell limit li- limiting the pressure is key yeah it really is um so yeah i don't want to let's fast forward just to, to the next next hunt because it is kind of we are to y'all listening we are hunting this afternoon so we could sit here and ramble for one third another hour so yeah we can't talk yeah but much this more. next this next hunt's cool because it was it was with you and jordan yeah. and delta and again delta. delta's becoming a little hunting dog agency. look um jordan was so you know we were getting ready to go hunting and jordan was like do you care if we bring delta i was like i was gonna get mad if you didn't bring delta yeah. you know yeah <laughs> she's probably she was, one of the most mannered labrador retrievers i've ever seen look my old dog nebo i loved him to death but there's no way i'd ever put him in a he'd ground chewed a hole through the blind. he'd have chewed a hole through the blind he would have chased the deer out of the field he just he couldn't do it he's, he's, he's like scooby-doo he's like yeah he's like his daddy he's 280d you know <laughs> but uh yeah no delta um her she's been you know cute little thing you know she just gets in there and George says lay yeah. down go to sleep she almost just, grew up here at yeah Cottonmouth. and she just goes back there and lays down and goes to sleep and now with uh the buck you killed with jimmy's crossbow yeah, yeah she was and uh, she was there so she's two for two yep. but uh as far as the the meat and potatoes of that hunt that too you know was a uh, it was it was still cool it wasn't as cool as it was the two days prior mm-hmm. um the day you and jimmy first hunted and then when jimmy killed a seven point but um it was still cool and uh we were on a, a takeout plot much same same stuff that was planted mm-hmm. in south of the Arca- 
south of the Arkansas Hotel where you were hunting, same stuff. You know, mm-hmm. brassicas, it was some wheat and some oats and all that. Um, and we were just kind of going off of one we knew. It, too, was very close to bedding. Um, very so close. Very, very close, so the deer don't have to travel far. And we knew from MRI, from when you and Jimmy had been in there, that there had been uh, a very high number of deer in there. And we were like, someone needs to go back in there. And a lot of bucks. Yeah, and a lot of bucks. Um, and the the thing about that hunt, you know, one, just like uh, you were talking about the way you approached your stand, we took the same same principle. We knew we had a north wind. Uh, so we circled around and got where the buggy we took up the Polaris CV in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also a key factor because there was no loud engine yeah. running; it was quiet. Yeah. We snuck in there, slip in, slip out, got yeah. out, and we were directly behind our blind. So our wind and our wind and the buggy was going the same direction, you know. So when, the wind and the you know, so we weren't hurting anything more mm-hmm. than our back trail. And uh, so we got up in that blind, um, hadn't disturbed anything to our knowledge, and for a while we were getting discouraged there because we did not see a deer until 10 or five minutes till five and that's when too you know we got that text from you saying you killed something we were out there looking at an open empty yeah, field with seven like, acres of grass like jordan um maybe we should have gone somewhere else <laughs> 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 but uh the funny thing was and, and i've seen this before i know you have too i told jordan after it was over i said man when we saw one deer we saw all of them and i think that goes back to what you just said about this place is the deer don't bed very far so mm-hmm. they're all in close proximity of each other and when one finally makes the move they all make the move yeah. at the same time look and it's crazy because we i mean we really like we finally saw one deer walking out and i you know with my just with my naked eye and I said, Jordan, there's a deer right there. He, he came out of the northwest corner of the food plot, mm-hmm. that little road that comes out right there. And I picked my binoculars up, and I realized there was not one deer. There was like nine yeah. all come filing down that each road. Other, yeah. And not only them, you look more to the west, there's this, those gra- that tall grass right there. Mm-hmm. Here comes deer out of there, two bucks. Look to the northeast corner. Here comes deer out of there. Like, I oh. swear I think they got cell phones and they text each other at the same time. Hey, man, you ready to eat? Yeah, hey, man. <laughs> hey, where, where you going? Oh, just meet me out there at the big field. Yeah. Okay, I'm on my way. Come to the new ground, man. Yeah. Brassicas look good. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And, and I, we've all tried to figure out what it is. Me, personally, I look at the shadows. When you start seeing the shadows in the right places Ex- on food yeah. plots and fields, absolutely. And the deer start when they want to be in those shadows. It's, yeah. it's, it's a safety thing to them. Yeah, I agree. I, I've, I've seen it too many times. You've seen it too many times. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. But uh, so that field starts filling up quick, and it, this is all honestly, this all happens the 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 grand the grand exodus the mass exodus of all these deer to this food plot, and then the arrival of the deer ended up shooting. All happened in less than a minute. Yeah. like they just they were there, and so I'm seeing these deer come out of here, deer come out of here, and I said, Jordan Buck. He says, good one. I said, I think so. And then, you know, he walked out. He's facing me. I could still see in those woods a little bit when he walked out in the food plot. I said, oh, yeah. Um, and Jordan was like, what is he? I said, I think he's that big. He, he's 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 a nine point, but he's barely a nine point. Mm-hmm. He's trying to be a nine point on his right side. He's got that little, just that mm-hmm. little bitty uh, G4 right yep. there. Um, That's what it's distinctive about him. That's what, yeah. Yeah. Because um, there's another eight point in there that looks like him, but it's not as old as him. Yeah. And we were sitting there, and Jordan said, is he old enough? I said, I think so. I'm not sure yet. He's facing me right now. And what helped is the fact that, you remember I said there was uh, two bucks coming from that grass, Mm -hmm. and those were both, without a doubt, when they stood together, those were three-year-olds for Mm -hmm. sure. And then this one was significantly, you know, you could tell he was a year older. I said, oh, yeah. And I I told Jordan, I said, Jordan, double-check me, you know, because 
I'm, I've been wrong before, you know. Every, every, when, yeah. you know when and it's it so much better when you got him standing there with, with other deer yeah. to be able to tell. And so he had the camera locked down. He picked up his binoculars. He looked and he said, oh, yeah, that one's four. I said, okay. I said, you just, guy, I said, I'm going to go ahead and get the gun ready. You just tell me what you want me to do because, yeah. you know, he's filming, so he's running the show. I just do what he says. Yeah. And uh, he fed around for a while, and <laughs> Jordan, um, he took that, you know, just tell me what to do. He took that to heart because he made me watch him for a while. Before, <laughs> before. Cam- cameraman's dream, right? He's milking. <laughs> he was, in which I mean, and honestly, when you get in a situation like that, you know, the deer was when he came out, he was probably two hundred, and when when I shot him, he was a hundred. You know, he was feeding just yeah. the right direction, and we had plenty of daylight left. You know, we and I was just other than I mean, obviously, I was itching to shoot the deer, but it was it was fun to watch that too. I mean, but, just watch it. Cause he, you know he, what? you just made a comment right there. We had plenty of light left. That again, goes back to the lack of pressure, pressure we're putting on it Yeah. here in the South. And I can tell you back 10, 12, 15 years ago, doing this for a living. When I was working here before, when I worked at Mossy Oak, all those times we hated hunting down here, especially in January when you're hunting food plots. Cause your deer wasn't showing up to right at dark. Yeah, and they're and so just, keyed up. Even when they get there at dark. It was to try to video that and then edit it, make it look good, and put it on TV. But yeah. you look at what we're doing here. We're killing deer at 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Six-year-old bucks at 3 in the afternoon. It's, it's that's, all about the lack that's of pressure, in, man. In November. Yeah. That's unheard of. Yeah. Last year last year was – last three years, we, we did the studies and we looked at our statistics, and, and we decided that for this year that we weren't going to hunt mornings, and it was all based on last year other than Mufasa. We didn't kill any deer – in, the, in in November. Uh, that one eight point. That's the That's only right, one. So the that two bucks. Oh, oh, eight. Yeah, but yeah. two bucks. And it two was bucks a, in a whole month. And it was the same kind of deal. We had a little cold front move through, got yeah. the deer moving. Other than that, it was just yeah. dead. And yeah, so, you know, dead. it's like I said, we just looked at it as unnecessary pressure. You know, why why put unnecessary pressure on the deer? Unnecessary wood? pressure, and, and we got much better food pots this year. And, and we've been working on that now for three years with the new this new seed blend. And this new seed blend is, I'll be honest with you, the last two years it's proven. But this year, holy smokes. It's been unbelievable. Well, Greg and all the guys at the office that are doing all the research and development and making sure we get this right between mm-hmm. what they're doing and what we're doing and having this place as a proving ground. You know, it's, it, people say, well, all y'all do is hunt food plots. Well, that's not true. We, we you know, we killed some deer this year in, in the woods with our yeah, bows, and absolutely. we actually killed them with food plots too. But, hey, whether you kill them over a food plot or you shoot them over some acorns or pecans or persimmons, dead's dead the way I'm looking at yeah, it. If and, you've done your homework and you've done it all right, you still got to get where they are. Absolutely. And, I mean, even – Think about even look. Think about the number of food plots we have on here. Yeah, and think about how much good you're doing for the deer as mm-hmm. far as a, a especially these deer. The amount of tonnage of food we got right now. Yeah, if the river comes up and the places we got it planted, it won't flood in that part of the Mississippi and mm-hmm. Arkansas. Those deer will be they'll be much more healthy and less yeah. less stressed out. That's what we going back to what you said earlier about hunters being the number one conservationist. The number of deer we've taken off those food plots. If you want to compare those to the number of deer that are going to benefit mm-hmm. from the food there, mm-hmm. it's not even a contest. Right. It is minimal. I mean, That's it's right. it's less than five percent. That's right. The last three bucks we've killed, you 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 got to cut through an inch and a half of fat to get to the yeah. backstrap. They're it's healthy, incredible. and that and that makes us happy. Yeah, seeing them that yeah. healthy. So, but yeah, um, so that deer fed around. He got to a hundred yards and. We got to watch him show out a little bit. Like, he, he bristled up to those two, three-year-olds and kind of run them off. I was like, this is my field. Isn't you know? it cool when you ain't got to rush? Yeah. That's, that's what makes it fun. Because you can enjoy the whole the whole, the whole whole journey. It's not just a destination of yeah, killing one. I had, to, I had to calm myself down, you know, because I always get excited. And I, I told myself, I was like, look, look, I'd look at that deer. He ain't going anywhere. I said, just take it in for yeah, a little while. And so I was just out there watching him and just enjoying it. And finally, Jordan said, can you kill him right there? And I kind of was like, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, is it go time? You didn't and, want me to uh, shoot? Um, he said, yeah. He said, yeah, I'm good right there. I said, all right, let him get right side. He was up there pulling turnips out of the ground and gnawing <laughs> around and lip curling and doing his deal. And I said, he said, I said, as soon as he gets broadside, I'll pop him. And he, it's like he heard me say that. He turned and went to feed and clicked the safety off. And I said, you ready? He said, yes. Yeah. Okay, here we go. And I just went to squeezing. Yeah. And, Isn't it cool? Oh, yeah. Especially when I saw him run off, I saw a little red spot right where his lungs are. I said, oh, yeah. oh I got him. And then, then the celebration commenced, you know, because it, it was. What did Delta do when you shot? She just kind of picked her head up? I turned around and looked at her, and she was giving me this look like, hey, man, I was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you shoot, before you shoot, warn me. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was it was incredible. Um, it, it did y'all was, let her find it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it was, it was such a fun afternoon seeing all those deer like that and, and watching them. I told Jordan, too, I said, because that's one of the food plots that me and him, you know, we were, because uh, yeah, y'all, y'all were up here in September. Yeah, y'all were in Montana. That, yeah. And that's the one we ran out of time. It was dark. So I said, I said, Jordan, last time I spent this much time in this food plot, we had headlights on rangers. We were throwing seed. Yeah. And so it was, it was really rewarding to see all those deer out there and then get to take a deer off well, of it. You know, you, you look at that whole story right there and, and, and it goes to exactly what the Bible says. And the Bible says you will reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. And, and you came here in September, you worked till 10 o'clock at night to get not only that food plot planted, but many of them, but, and you were able to come back in November and, and kill one of the biggest deer you've ever shot. So, yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time understanding some people that say the Bible is not true, but you do reap what you sow. Yeah. It is what it is. There's no doubt. Yeah. But that was uh, incredible. And the only here's the, the last little kicker of that hunt is uh, I shot a deer, and Jordan pulled a camera back, and I'm sitting there, me and him are celebrating. You know, I'm excited. And then I catch something out of the, my peripheral vision. I look out, and there's a buck ran from behind the blind. I heard the shot just kind of ran on out the, the left food side. Pot. Yeah, on the left side. Mm-hmm. And was just standing in the food pot, kind of looking around like, what was all that commotion? And I'm like, Jordan, there's a deer. I said, that's a big deer. And it was that big seven point that one. y'all had seen. Yeah, I mean, that is an impressive deer. And I, Well, not to make a long story short, but this afternoon, Jimmy's got it dead set on going there this afternoon. Yeah. In that same line, in that same spot. And, you know, most people would say, well, why are you going to hunt the same spot over and over? But it's a big area. It's, yeah. It's, if you look at it, it's a huge grass field plus the food plot, which is seven acres. So right there, you're looking at about, I'm going to say, it's a, I think it's a, it's an 80 acre grass field, 80 yeah. or 100 acres. Yeah. And then there's just huge timber all around it, and it's a big thicket. So, at this time of the year, you don't know, but we do know of three other good deer. And then I'd love to see Jimmy get that seven point because oh, he yeah. is just as, he's got to be 25 inches wide. He's, I mean, I'm talking yeah. about impressive. And he's and, a seven point and massive, which no. makes him a management buck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, management buck. He, that's a show enough. Oh, he's he's pretty. I mean, he's. You know he's, what's gonna happen? Jimmy's well, gonna get there this afternoon and about. All three of them big deer that we had pictures of in the summertime are going to show up, and he's going to have to decide on which one to shoot. The <laughs> silver lining of that is I don't think there's a bad decision. Well, and then he, what he'll do is he'll make Jordan decide, and if it's the wrong decision, it'll be Jordan's fault. Oh, why'd you make me shoot that one? I wanted to shoot the other one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, that was uh, – yeah, oh, man, it's 153. We need to wrap this up. Yeah. But so – yeah, that was an incredible, incredible afternoon. And uh, so what, just, a, what a week. And for you and I to be able to kill, to kill two deer like that on, on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving and, and the next morning we all got up and did our thing and relaxed a little bit, yeah. took pictures and did what we had to do, and then we all went home for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and and just enjoyed our family for a few days. But uh, So, yeah, it was it was one of those days. I, I promise you I'll never forget it. No. You can't forget a day like that. No. It was too much fun, it's too special. It's hard to forget, too, because we're so blessed to be able to put it all on video. Right, yeah. That's and the funnest part, getting to share it. the rest it. of your life. yeah. Um, so yeah and then so before we wrap this up we'll, we'll tie it up the, the, the key things that I know were were successful in, in both of our hunts working were mm-hmm. um, 
one, the pressure, the lack of pressure that yeah. had been on either of those spots, yeah. uh, the access to the stands, the wind direction, not going in there until the wind direction was That's perfect, right. and then just the food source, Hunting just food source. just a, in a destination food source that time of year yeah. on a high pressure, cool day, not super cold, but cool enough to get them moving around. Well, and, and even this time of the year, if, if if the bucks are not coming there to solely eat, they come in looking for those. Absolutely. They try Right now, in my mind, the bucks are on their feet establishing i call them rut core areas yeah not home core areas home core is where they spend summer and, and spring and all that time. yeah it changes rut core areas they move couldn't agree and more they change on where they're going and that's what they're doing right now and same the buck the buck you saw that you killed we saw him there twice same buck twice and you kill him mm-hmm. and then the buck i saw don't know where it came from no idea but, but that's what makes it fun that's exactly right yeah but the element of surprise in hunting if if you ever lose the element of surprise and you think you got it all figured out Call me. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. I want to know what you know that I don't know. Not that I know everything, but I love the element of surprise when it comes to hunting deer. Yeah. All right. Well, I can hear Abby barking in the background. That means Jimmy's up. That means Jimmy's starting to get his camouflage on. We both got to start getting camouflage on. You got to tow the gun. I got to get my camera stuff ready. But uh, That's right. I do get to hunt this afternoon. Yeah. Oh, man. Me yeah. and Benji are going to spend another day in the tree. And then we might duck hunt tomorrow. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting that time of year too. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyhow, we got we've got to get going. Uh, hey, it's one fifty five. This went too long. Anyhow, uh, again, as always, if you have any questions, please send them in Instagram, Facebook, um, and as always too, if you if you listen to anything in this podcast that helped you, if it if it helped you gain any success, please message us. Yeah. Tell us about it. If you have a picture, send it to us. Uh, nothing makes us happier. That's that's the most gratifying thing you can it do. Sure so, uh, yeah. We're going to get to it. We're going to hit the woods this afternoon and hopefully come back Man, uh, look, with another good thing, story. That's right. And one thing I will say is when you go hunting, don't ever feel like you're you're messing up or doing something wrong or you've done something stupid or – you know, if, if you do something that we say and it doesn't work for you, man, and, and, and you do something that works for you, let us know what worked for you. Yeah. Every place is different. Every area is different. But it's all under the same condo- uh, common denominator. It's going there as stealthy as you can leave the place better than it was when you got there mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned yeah. yeah couldn't agree more anyhow troy thank you thank you uh, brother we're gonna go get ready and uh can i borrow a camouflage shirt yeah whatever you need <laughs> all right y'all we're gonna get out of here as always thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast